The winds are smacking against the closed windows. The door is closed shut so the wisp of frozen air doesn't invade the house and disturb the large hangar filled with colorful coats. The hands-on, the clock turns slowly by the hour as the darkness overcomes the day early. And there is just something in the air, besides the smell of cinnamon and pine, that is surrounding the atmosphere. You know, it's that time of year in which the homes are filled with warm drinks like tea or hot chocolate, the oven full of baked loaves of bread, and maybe just a cup of wine to celebrate the closeness of the new year and the calling of the so-called Christmas. I'm Joyce Grace, and this is Shots of Endorphins. of Christmas is what brings thousands, if not millions of people, happiness of just the thought of it coming up. Many start the decorations of the holiday as earliest as November 1st, a day after Halloween has passed, while others take the time during Black Friday or early on in the year to buy and prepare gifts for their loved ones. But overall, this holiday is one of the most renowned and celebrated holidays of the year around the globe. But. Where did Christmas come from? Like, who invented this holiday? And how did this get started? And when and why was this ever created? Well, worry not my friends, because no one asked me. So I will bring this topic up for you all to know. Now remember y'all, all information was gathered from various sources for educational purposes. Now let's giddy up onto the show. <laughs> Get it, giddy up? Okay, I'll continue now. As we all know, Christmas is celebrated on the 25th of December each year. It's known as a religious, cultural, and commercialized phenomenon that about 2,000 years people have been observing traditions and practices in both the religious and secular circle. As we all know by now, or if you don't, I mean, that's why you're here to find out, Christians have used this holiday to proclaim the birth of their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. As for the secular world, People celebrate and wait for the coming of the big, fat, jolly man that climbs down in chimneys and leaves presents behind for well-behaved people called Santa Claus. Okay, but the main question is, how did Christmas start? Well, winter has always been a season in which people had celebrated for centuries before the arrival of Jesus. For example, early Europeans celebrated the light and birth in the darkest days of winter while many others rejoiced during the winter solstice when the worst of the winters was left behind and they could look forward to longer days and extended hours of sunlight. In Scandinavia, the Norse celebrated Yule from December 21st, which is usually when the winter solstice begins through to the ending of January. But there are three reasons why the holiday was celebrated. The first was for the return of the sun, as a tradition, fathers and sons would bring home large logs, which they would set on fire. People would feast until the log burned out, which could take as many as 12 days. The Norse believed that each spark from the fire represented a new pig or calf that would be born during the coming year. Now, the second reason would be that Yule is celebrated as a midwinter party for the dead. Therefore, the end of December was honored in the majority of parts in Europe. The third reason would be for a fertility feast, 
in which people would sacrifice animals to the gods in the hopes of getting a good harvest in the coming year, during which most cattle were slaughtered for the feast and were also considered as less mouth to feed during the winter. For many, it was the only time of the year when they had a supply of fresh meat. In addition, most wine and beer made during the year was finely fermented and ready for drinking. In Germany, people honored the pagan god Odin during the midwinter holiday. Germans were terrified of Odin as they believed he made nocturnal flights through the sky to observe his people and then decide who would prosper or perish. Because of his presence, many people chose to stay inside. In Rome, winters were not as harsh as those in the far north. So on the 25th of December, a holiday called Saturnalia was celebrated in honor of Saturn, the god of agriculture, wealth, and rebirth. Beginning in the week leading up to the winter solstice and continuing for a full month, Saturnalia was a hedonistic time when food and drink were plentiful and the normal Roman social order was reversed. For a month, slaves would become masters, peasants were in command of the city, and businesses and schools were closed so that everyone could join in the fun. Also, around the time of the winter solstice, Romans observed Juvenalia, a feast honoring the children of Rome. In addition, members of the upper classes often celebrated the birthday of Mithra, the god of unconquerable sun, on December 25th. It was believed that Mithra, an infant god, was born of a rock. For some Romans, Mithra's birthday was the most sacred day of the year. However, when Christianity became the official religious holiday on the 25th of December, there really wasn't much of a difference for the Romans. Few to very little discrepancies was done since the traditions of the Romans were still the same on that important day. Candle lighting, caroling or singing, and decorating homes were what really cemented Christmas. Actually, one of the most fundamental traditions that the Romans did for their celebration is still being done till this day. Christmas trees. A little bit of history in history. So stick with me, y'all. Remember how I said Romans celebrated Saturnalia as a reminder that after a long winter, the summer will come again? Well, people decorated their houses with evergreen plants. For thousands of years during the winter, it was common to think that the plants would help protect the house from evil spirits and misfortune. They would use the branches of evergreen trees to decorate their homes during the winter solstice as it also made them think of the spring to come. The Romans used fir trees to decorate their temples at the festival of Saturnalia. I would also like to mention that in the ancient Egypt, they worshipped the god of the sun, Ra. This meant that they would celebrate the rebirth of the god of the sun during the winter solstice, and the Egyptians would use green palm trees for decoration. That being said, these two festivals might have had the biggest influence on modern Christmas and its traditions including the Christmas tree. But there are a few sources saying that Christmas trees might well have started out as paradise trees, in which the branches or wooden frames were decorated with hanging apples. These were used in medieval German mystery or miracle plays that were acted out in front of churches during Advent and on Christmas Eve. In early church calendars of saints, the 24th of December was Adam and Eve's day. The paradise tree represented the Garden of Eden, 
It was often paraded around the town before the play started as a way of advertising the play. The plays told Bible stories to people who could not read. There is also a legend that the Christmas tree was popularized by Martin Luther, the father of Protestantism. One evening, he was walking home and was struck with the beauty of the fir trees covered in snow, gleaming under the stars. Eager to share this moment with his family, he brought the fir tree home and decorated with candles to recreate this picture. But that's legend for you folks. Anyway, another tradition that is still around today is mistletoe. This little custom was actually started by the Druids, or in other words, Celtic priests, who believed it was an all-powerful healing item from the sacred oak tree. A historian by the name of Kenneth Davis once said, if you met someone in the forest, you gave them the sign of peace under the mistletoe so people started to hang mistletoes above their doorways as a symbol of peace. This was such a powerful symbol of paganism that English churches actually banned the use of it. But let it be known that Christmas hasn't always been a popular holiday. In the Middle Ages, it was overshadowed by the Epiphany, which commemorates the visits of the three wise men. It gained prominence after 800 AD when Charlemagne was crowned Emperor of the Holy Roman Empire on Christmas Day. In 17th century England, the Puritan government banned Christmas outright for 18 years, claiming it was a wasteful, sinful festival that went against true Christian values. Christmas Mass was a punishable offense, as were hanging holly, dancing, and feasting. In fact, most of America never celebrated Christmas at first, not just the Puritans. It wasn't until the 19th century that Americans began to embrace Christmas. Americans reinvented Christmas and changed it from a raucous carnival holiday into a family-centered day of peace and nostalgia. But what about the 1800s peaked American interest in the holiday? Well, the early 19th century was a period of class conflict and turmoil. During this time, unemployment was high and gang rioting by the disenchanted classes often occurred during the Christmas season. In 1828, the New York City Council instituted the city's first police force in response to the Christmas riots. This catalyzed certain members of the upper class to begin to change the way Christmas was celebrated in America. Also, around this time, English author Charles Dickens created the classic holiday tale, A Christmas Carol. The stories message the importance of charity and goodwill towards all humankind struck a powerful chord in the United States and England and showed members of Victorian society the benefits of celebrating the holiday. The family was also becoming less disciplined and more sensitive to the emotional needs of children during the early 1800s. Christmas provided families with a day when they could lavish attention and gifts on the children without appearing to spoil them. Although it outlasted the Puritans, Christmas remained frowned upon for decades in some parts of America and didn't become a legally recognized federal holiday until 1870. By that time, the Victorians had revolutionized the Yuletide season, steering it away from body reveling towards gift giving with many of the recognizable symbols and rituals we know today. 
As Americans began to embrace Christmas as a perfect family holiday, old customs were unearthed. People looked towards recent immigrants and Catholic and Episcopalian churches to see how the day should be celebrated. In the next 100 years, Americans built Christmas tradition all their own that included pieces of many other customs that included decorating trees, sending holiday cards, and gift giving. Although most family quickly bought into the idea that they were celebrating Christmas, how it had been done for centuries, Americans had really reinvented a holiday to fill the cultural needs of a growing nation. Whereas in the early years of the Christianity, the birth of Jesus was never before celebrated. The reason why was because the Bible offered very few clues onto when the exact date of when Jesus was born. Nowhere in the Gospel or Acts mentions the ongoing celebrations of Jesus' nativity during the years, although it does mention multiple times in different sections of the Bible of the prophecies of his birth, how he was conceived, and was born into the world. And yes, he was celebrated upon being born, but by being visited by special people that were signaled upon his birth. But again, let me repeat myself. The Bible does not outright say an exact date nor year upon Jesus' birth. So now, here's another question. Why did the early Catholic Church adopt the pagan holiday of Christmas? Tertullian, a leading 2nd and 3rd century writer, railed against the entire season as a time of holy heathen practices, including there are other sources claiming that Serendius, agnostic and heretic, developed the idea of advocating this holiday to the Catholic Church. But why the 25th? Probably because that was the day of celebration of the birthday of the sun god Mithra, like I mentioned before. Plus, he was a known heretic that always made reversal interpretations of what he thought the word of God meant. It is even said that the Apostle John detested his interpretations that he couldn't even stand bathing in the same bathhouse, leaving while exclaiming, let us fly, lest even the bathhouse fall down because Serenthius, the enemy of the truth, is within. But that story is for another time. Anyway. At least until the Council of Nicaea, the December 25th Christmas holiday was not even accepted by the Roman Catholics. Until it was. The church in Rome did endorse Christmas, however, no later than by the latter half of the 4th century. Astoundingly, the Roman Catholics adopted it when it essentially absorbed the followers of Mithraism and church officials decided to institute the birth of Jesus as its official holiday. Again for probably the third time. Unfortunately, the Bible does not mention the date of Jesus' birth, which is a fact Puritans later pointed out in order to deny the legitimacy of the celebration. Although some evidence suggests that his birth may have occurred in the spring around Pesach, or as commonly known as the Passover, and I mean, come on, why would shepherds be herding in the middle of winter? Or he could have been born during the seventh month either in the Feast of Trumpets, Day of Atonement, or in the Feast of Tabernacles itself. But it definitely wasn't during wintertime, which most people mistook it for. Including, it is said that the three wise men, which many historians have said might not have only been three people, but probably multitudes of them searching for baby Jesus, didn't arrive until much, much later, by being guided by the Star of Bethlehem. And I mean, 
I give them props on guiding themselves by a star because I would have probably gone and lost for years and probably ended up in a whole different continent. Anyway, now Pope Julius I chose December 25th, which was commonly believed that the church chose this date in an effort to adopt and absorb the traditions of the pagan Saturnalia festival. First called the Feast of Nativity, the custom spread up to Egypt by 432 and to England by the end of the 6th century. Alrighty then, so now what do you think when you hear about Santa Claus? Well, typically you start to think about images of elves, reindeers, and the North Pole. However, the white-bearded figure associated with Christianity's major holiday also has pagan roots. Man, the list just keeps getting longer and longer. For those unfamiliar with the origin of Santa Claus, here are a few influences associated with the folk figure. Santa Claus is primarily linked to St. Nicholas, the Greek bishop of Myra, a Roman town in Turkey. St. Nicholas lived during the 3rd and 4th centuries between 1200 and 1500. The gift-giving celebrations took place on December 6, known as St. Nicholas Day. After the Protestant Reformation, the Catholic saint lost reputation, but the tradition continued, in which we go back again to the gift-giving as an attribute to baby Jesus. Since the infant could carry only oh so many presents, he was given a helper who encouraged good behavior from children and threatened them with kidnappings and whippings otherwise. Jeez, that escalated quickly. But Saint Nick is commonly linked to Odin, the ruler of Asgard and one of the major gods in Germanic mythology who was depicted as a white bearded man with magical powers. However, Odin's ties to Santa Claus may be more pronounced. The winter solstice, or during Yuletide, was a time when Odin led a hunting party known as the Wild Hunt in the sky with an eight-legged horse named Sleipner. The 13th century poetic Edda said the mythical horse could leap great distances, in which, yep, you guessed it, a trait reindeer possesses. Children would leave their boots by the chimney filled with carrots and hay to feed Sleipner. Legend has it that whenever Odin flew by, he would leave gifts by their boots. Another mythological being would be Frau Holda, who is a Germanic goddess of winter. In German folk legends, she is depicted as a beautiful blonde who is a protector of children's souls. Like Odin, she would fly through the night and give gifts to children. In some depictions, Hulda is dressed in red and uses chimneys to deliver gifts. Some Germanic traditions involve leaving food and milk for Hulda on December 24th, which is known as Mother Night. However, after Christianity took hold, this practice was later adopted in relation to St. Nicholas. Children will leave their shoes on the windowsill or bedroom door on the evening of December 5th for the saints to reward them with nuts, fruits, and sweets. Humorously enough, or maybe not, depends on how you see it, in America, people are constantly on guard against the sexual violation of children. Yet, when it comes to Santa Claus, it's like people lower their guards. I mean, when you listen to the song called Santa Claus is Coming to Town, a couple of red flags are set off. Think about it. Consider the following lyrics. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. The question is, where the heck is Santa watching? 
I for sure can be very paranoid. And just thinking about having a big fat man come up here out of nowhere in the middle of my living room, leaving these so-called presents for children, reminds me of a pervert trying to install hidden cams to peep at me or my imaginary kid and probably kidnap us to sell us to some human trafficking auction. The entire profile of Santa Claus would merit a criminal investigation if it belonged to anyone else. After all, he is a grown man who devotes all of his vigor to other people's children. It's not normal. Whew, glad I got that out of my chest. Anyway, the reason why I brought it up is that I'm genuinely curious why we keep teaching the children that a strange man sliding down a chimney in the middle of the night to distribute presents is okay. And some may complain about what the real meaning of Christmas is all about. But in reality, Christmas is a celebration that has been snowballed from our earliest cultures, gathering new meanings and rituals as it's traveled across the world and through time. And yes, that might alarm some, but what can you do? After all, not even the hard grafting Puritans could stop the irresistible pull of the holiday. Christmas popularity around the globe was created to have some type of semblance in common language and a sense of shared identity. Even pre-Christian winter festivals celebrated coming together, the emergence of new life and the triumph of light over darkness. Well folks, now you know the huge snowball of what Christmas came to be. It's truly incredible how history has a way of molding everything through time and perseverance. I, in particular, can't really say much about all this research as my head is spinning. But what I can tell you is, make your own conclusions. Take your time in learning what you're celebrating and find out the deep roots beneath all the pretty decorations and holly jolly joy around. You never know what you might find. Maybe a gift of knowledge you did not expect. This episode on Shots of Endorphins was produced and scripted by me, Joyce Grace, and a shout out to my research team. If y'all enjoy Shots of Endorphins, well, you're in luck. This podcast has its very own website now, so you can visit and listen to the podcast at shotsofendorphins.com. You can help support us by clicking on the support tab as well. You can also follow the show on Facebook and Instagram by searching up Shots of Endorphins or subscribing to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other streaming services you're listening to. And when you do, don't forget to shoot me a greeting. It's nice to meet new people. As always... Thanks for listening, and don't forget to smile!